0: Thank you for showing me the path to, yeah, to be able to make these foods because it's just everything. I think everything just kind of fell into place for me when I learned, you know, learned about the Patterson program. Programming.
1: This podcast does not constitute medical advice. All changes surrounding medications, diet and exercise should be made in consultation with a professional who can assess your unique health circumstances. Welcome to the Rheumatoid Solutions Podcast with Clint Patterson, helping you to live an easier, healthier, and happier life. One of the questions that I get asked all the time is once you've discovered the right way to eat uh, with inflammatory arthritis, which is to eliminate the big three, which is meat, dairy, and oils. Um. Because that isn't the most uh, common way to eat in Western society, how can you put together some more meals that make you enjoy the meals, that are uh, um, you know good for the whole family, and also, of course, healing and keep inflammation at an absolute minimum? Well, around four years ago now, uh, one of our community members and a good friend of mine now, Eda, She did really well following the Patterson program, so well, in fact, that she then created a cookbook and she released a cookbook and it was really, really popular. And a lot of people since then, now four years later, may not even know this cookbook exists. So, what we've done today is brought Ida back onto this podcast and she's going to um, refresh our memories or tell us for the first time, if it's new to you, about her cookbook and how it's all compatible with the Patterson Program. And after that, we're going to catch up on her health because she's now been through this uh, um, lifestyle uh, journey for many, many years. And it'd be great to hear how she's doing and any modifications she's made, any setbacks that she might've had and how she overcome them and how her family are doing after she went through a plant-based pregnancy and cooking plant-based meals at home. So we've got all that catch up ahead of us. But first, Ida, welcome back. Great to have you back. How are you?
0: Hi, Clint. I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for having me back. It's. I think it has been four years since we last spoke here. So uh, yeah, it's it's absolutely lovely, lovely to be here and connect with the community again. And also, yeah, thanks for having me. All is all is good here in rainy England.
1: <laughs> yes, and whenever um, you know you come on, it's it's always refreshing too because. You know, we've got people from all over the world and some people are in apartments or some people are in, you know, shared living spaces and all this sort of stuff. And you get kitchens in the background and you get sometimes what appears to be like a garage or a (laughs) workshop. You always have beautiful settings behind you (laughs) with picturesque European gardens and big (laughs) ceiling-to-floor windows and it's just really, really well. It's almost like... um, uh, like some kind of uh interior decoration has been going on before we, we chat.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 a good spot. I mean, I'm from Sweden um and I I do love kind of being close to nature and all. So we were so lucky to find this place uh here in England which was um yeah, actually 2015, which is when I went on the Pelisson mm. program. So I've been living here all through this journey. Um, Mm. And yeah, it's a very special place and it does feature a fair bit uh, in the cookbook as well because I've taken all the photos in our garden and also, yeah.
1: (laughs) Yes. Now, the cookbook is beautiful. Let us get straight to the point here. People need more recipes. My skill is more in understanding the science and delivering the foods in a practical, pragmatic way. Your wonderful contribution has been to take those foods and say, well, let's make them look wonderful. Let's make them taste delicious. So what's the name of your book? Uh, Tell us um, the principles behind it, and then we'll go through some of your favorite recipes and where people can get the book because it's coming up to Christmas and it might be a great opportunity to to grab a copy. Okay, so let's hear all about it, please.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. So... Um my apologies, this is my own copy and I do use it pretty much every day. Um, so it's a little bit weather worn, uh, but it's called, the book is called A Kitchen Fairy Tale. It is available on, um, on Amazon. It's pretty much available everywhere. If you go into a bookshop, at least here in the UK, you can just place your order and they will they will get it in for you. And you can also order it from Hammersmith um, uh, Books, the, the actual publisher. Um, so um, maybe we can put a link, link in later on. Yeah. And I think is it the book depository down in, in Australia, there there are a few places to get it. So I think we might just have to link them all. Uh, it, it is a good Christmas present because, I mean, I myself keep meeting people who have various uh, chronic illnesses. And it is nice to be able to kind of refer to this and just say, you know what, actually, maybe if you want to cook like this for a couple of months and, and see what happens. Uh, so, yeah. So for Christmas, it's definitely <laughs> definitely a good idea. And, uh, yeah, what, what other questions did you have? About
1: yeah, this? so um, the principles behind it is essentially a low-fat, plant-based, oil-free compilation, but beyond that, of which there are gr- a growing number of books on the market. Yeah. This emphasises a lot of the foods that are the ones that are most inflammation-reducing that uh, comprise some of the earlier parts of the program. You know, so you have got foods in there like sweet potatoes and quinoa. Um, you yeah, know, there is a lot of leafy greens, and so uh, this emphasis differentiates the book tremendously from just a general plant-based
0: book. Absolutely, and I think mainly that is because when I uh, started writing this book, um, that's when I. First of all, I went on the Patterson program and then I started cooking, you know, kind of taking slight further steps forward, incorporating new foods and seeing what I was able to have without getting more inflammation. And a lot of people were asking me, that they were trying the foods and they were saying, you know what, this is actually really delicious. I've never had plant-based foods before. Would you mind maybe sending me the recipe? And I was like, oh, okay, well, I'll just, you know, I'll scribble down what I had and the more I got these questions, the more I started keeping a log of these these foods. Um, and then I thought, you know what, maybe maybe I should write a cookbook because it has always been a dream of mine. It, maybe not a plant-based one initially before I went plant-based, but actually now that I know all the benefits of plants, um, that is a, that's a good idea. So uh, I was taking these photos during my, I think it was kind of my first year um, on the Patterson program, actually. So it's all real time. Um, all the photography and everything um, has been taken during during that time. And um, that's why all the foods are going to be featuring that are so incredibly good for us that are keeping inflammation down and, you know, helping to heal the gut and all. So, uh, yeah, that's, it's, it's essentially... I guess, yeah, it's essentially a book from the first year of, of on the Patterson program, which means that if it works for me, it's likely to work for others as well. And yes, uh, exactly. Mm, and yeah. the feedback, yeah, has the feedback has just been so, so lovely. Um, because I think it can be quite quite a lonely journey as well. Um, and then seeing, you know, seeing that other people are actually going through the same thing. Like we have, you know, we have the forum and we have all of your podcasts and that, and all of that but then also having, you know, the foods that are very inclusive and uh, lovely also for, for the rest of the family. So,
1: Yeah, it minimises some of the objection, I guess you would say. Because people might be, they might be really interested to reduce inflammation. They might be really, really, really uh, uh, determined. But then if, if the food becomes too laborious or it's too plain, too simple, too hard to get, um, then then it just adds that extra level of friction to the healing process. So it's a wonderful contribution. Let's hear about some of the recipes, some, and just give us some examples, uh, starting if you could with ones that you use the most or ones that you used to use the most.
0: Mm, well, so yeah in the beginning i mean i th- i think that breakfast is always such an important part of of the day i cannot function without breakfast um and i did find that the you know the quinoa and the buckwheat that that you came that you came up with that mix um, lends itself very, very well to breakfast. And I mean, this is just showing everything that's so good for you. Um, the nuts will be a later addition, but uh, having papaya, quinoa, buckwheat, um, cinnamon is beautiful when it comes to anti inflammatory. So this one is called apple infused quinoa and buckwheat porridge. I had that. For the yes. longest time. Yeah. Um, and um, and then once you can have, you know, oats, I remember you've always talked about how oats are very, very good for you once you're able to have them. Um, I actually have quite a funny story. Um, so I here have a recipe for steel-cut oats and quinoa. And um, I I went to New York. Probably, I think I had been on the Patterson program for about a month and um, and I got there and I went to Whole Foods and I was at my hotel room, you know, thinking, okay, what, what, what can I cook in the hotel room? Because I won't be able to have the hotel breakfast. Um, and I went to Whole Foods and I bought these oats and I just poured hot water over them and I kept stirring and nothing happened for like half an hour, an hour. They just didn't cook. And in the end, I realized I had bought steel cut oats which I had never tried before. And you know what? They are beautiful. They are my absolute favorite oats if you can boil them. So if you have the opportunity to try steel cut oats, definitely do. But you won't be able to cook them just with some hot water in a mug in a hotel room. Little little tip there. Um, And um, yeah, just so for breakfast as well, you know, once you're having porridge, um, another absolute favorite of mine is a rice porridge, which is what in Finland, which is where my family comes from. We always have rice porridge on the 24th, um, on the 24th of December, because that's our day. That's kind of our Christmas day. Um, you know, Santa will arrive and we'll have a beautiful dinner and all, but the morning will always be uh with rice porridge. And that can so easily be made with any any plant milks. Um, you know, if you obviously if you can have nuts, you can have almond milk. But um, I find that oat milk is very good as well. Um I've never tried things like hemp, um, hemp milk with this, but you know, it's always worth, always worth a try. And I actually think that with, with all these recipes, they don't have to be followed. They don't have to be followed exactly. So I try to create them so that, you know, you guys can, or like anyone who's, who's using them can actually uh, remove something that they are not yet able to have um, and just include something that, that will work better for them. So, you know, if someone can't have, let's say, butternut squash they can use carrots instead and, and things like that so i think that's quite an important one so you don't have to follow it rigidly you can definitely make uh, modifications
1: yeah that's great
0: yeah so oh and the funny thing is is now obviously that uh, so i have two kids now um one is going to be three in january the the girl um, adelaide and our oldest one johannes well he just turned five um adelaide is such an um, avid porridge person in the morning she'll wake up and she'll be like mommy i'd like some porridge i'm like "Oh, okay but again that that going quickly and she will decide what's going to go in there and it's always things like but like you know she she loves peanut butter peanut butter raisins um i tend to put in blackstrap molasses because it's very good for iron uh, iron levels um and yeah, the other kids are just always absolutely devouring it so this is a, a good house, a house porridge
1: <laughs> Yeah, proven by the uh, proven by the five and, and, yeah. and nearly yeah. three year old. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Um, and then obviously the the buckwheat uh, healing buckwheat pancakes. These were I don't, I'm probably not the only person in the world who absolutely loves pancakes. Um, so these ones were very very good in the beginning. I still have friends who are just talking about them and you know making them over and over again. And our kids, sorry, this is quite a messy page, but we, we do this almost every week. These are the sunshiny pancakes. They've got banana notes, which are always just perfect for, for making any pancakes, really. Oh, so um, good,
1: so good. <laughs> yeah, these are fantastic.
0: <laughs> so, you know, I, yeah, breakfast, I find breakfast to be very straightforward, um, quite easy to to um, make all the, use, using all the ingredients that you can have in the beginning. Um and um then when you get a little bit more advanced and maybe you can have tofu. Um there is something with scrambled tofu, and this is basically what you know you'll get in a um in a hotel if you go for, for breakfast. There are a lot of a lot of scrambled tofu um versions around. Quite often they will have oil, so it's always worth worth checking if you're eating eating out. I don't see the point. I think that they are it's perfect without. So, And I actually find, I don't know if you do as well, Clint, but if, if I have something and I realize that there has been oil, because, you know, you go to a restaurant and you say, oh, no, no oils, please. Um, or my usual sentence will be, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm on a medical diet, uh, so vegan, no oils. And that usually gets people to kind of go, oh, okay, you know, paying a bit of extra attention if they don't. And there is some oil in the food. Um, I do find that it. I don't enjoy the taste. It tastes almost run, like rancid to me. It tastes like there is something in there that just doesn't. That isn't a food.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I can yeah. usually no, I, tell. I, I, I'm. I'm trying to sort of uh, uh, check in with my like response system, and I think that a lot of it's intellectual. Yeah, and I just think and what I do is I actually. If you take a little bit of the sample of the, you can you can see it glistening, right? So you know something's up. And if you rub it onto your lips and then you rub your lips together and you breathe in over the um, over your lips, if it dries out quickly and evaporates, it's water and it's just I think different sorts of processed starches can be used that look like oil but aren't oil. Melissa cooks with one or two of them, and I'm always, gee, that seems like oil. And she's like, no, no, and she explains. Okay. Um but yeah, if it evaporates quickly on the lips, then and you just slide them back and forth, left mm. and right, breathing in, uh, and disappears, then I'm comfortable with it. But if I can, if if it remains, I, I just think this is this is just this is too much. Yeah, that's it. Yeah,
0: exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um. and I just think, oh, it's dodgy, mm. you know.
0: And you know if it, it's. Yeah, and it's it's so great that the plant-based um kind of movement has made such advances in the past in well in the last few years. I feel since I mean 2015, I think we were starting to go in the right direction. It was starting to get a little bit easier, but definitely in the next kind of two years after that, you started getting um even you know, even walking into a pub here, there is a separate there was a separate vegan menu in, I think about 2017, and I was just blown away. But the problem is that quite a lot of it will be processed, um, processed burgers and sausages and, and things that that just don't quite you know work with us and that won't have the health benefits of of r- real food. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean our kids, for example, that they don't they're not keen on any of the. If, if I've tried to make like I've got a, bought, bought one of those burgers and cooked it for them and they're just not not very interested so interesting
1: our kids are similar they'll eat mm-hmm. them so there is some you know different brands that make plant-based alternatives sure. chicken tasting or whatever they've mm-hmm. never had the chicken so they don't know what the what the actual chicken they just think so just has some kind of flavor to it but no they it's it's not the easiest night for us around the table with their eating they, yeah. you know, we had black beans and rice tonight and uh, it was pretty easy going you know you don't want to have to parent their eating too much but um, on it. the nights that yeah they've got those meat alternatives um, mm-hmm. normally soy based things um, yeah it's often a little bit come on guys eat meal <laughs> come on that's exactly the thing. Yeah. I mean theres is,
0: there is one brand of of kind of a plant-based sausage that our son will will really enjoy and that's about it there is one <laughs> and our daughter right, will kind yeah. of push it to the yeah. side and have her potatoes and peas or whatever you know whatever she's having so um yes so i find that quite funny because they have obviously never had meat um yes so right they wouldn't know yeah. what to compare it with yeah
1: <laughs> exactly <laughs> give us a couple more uh, recipes now yeah,
0: sure okay we'll so that's yeah yeah no sure that's uh that i think with breakfasts um that's it um these were, you know, a lifesaver in the beginning for me. So these are um, what I call them super humble sushi rolls, because you can stuff them with any veggies that you can actually have. Uh, and our our favorites, including the kids, who absolutely love making these as well. You know, you put the nori sheet down, you put the rice down, and then you just add the kind of strips of avocado. And uh, a very very good one is actually um, oven baked uh, sweet potato. That just blitzed up to a whole different
1: level. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, I had that last night. Oh, did you? (laughs) At a friend's house. They made it for us. It was Um, was so great because we haven't had that for a while in our house. But, yeah, oven baked, sweet potato, no oil, and uh, that just is so, so nice. Yeah, I've never had that inside sushi rolls, but that would be next level
0: that's uh, yeah, yeah yeah no it's it's really lovely it just marries up so well with like ammo, and if you want to have tofu or cucumber just any asparagus is really good in there i mean i end up just stuffing them with too many and then i'm just like not rolling the little ones i'm like oh i can totally do this <laughs> you know and the kids are getting involved and just like i really want some um i also had a friend who made a, some baked sweet potatoes for us when we went over for dinner and she had like a black bean sauce with that and it was just absolutely divine <laughs> Um, Mm -hmm. so there we go so yeah the sushi is definitely a favorite um you'll find on yeah there is a similar one obviously with summer rolls i believe you guys might be going into summer now Uh yeah we're heading into deep winter and uh these summer rolls are also just such a game changer you just stuff them with whatever you absolutely love and then you'll be dipping them in your favorite sauce if you use, um, if you're using um, miso paste, you know, you can do like tahini miso, um, for example, maple syrup or uh, some other sweetener that you, I don't like calling them sweeteners because sweetener has such a bad, bad ring to it. I think of artificial sweetness, but obviously that's never what I would refer to, uh, maple syrup or molasses or anything. Um, so if you're using miso, miso paste, and it's an unpasteurized one, just make sure you do not pour boiled water. So 100- degree water in there because obviously it'll kill off the good, um, all the good bacteria. So yeah, the summer rolls are just absolutely divine. Um, pasta, we eat a fair bit of pasta, sour spaghetti, spaghetti Bolognese. This one is what is called with a lentil, uh, with a lentil ragu, uh, red lentils. I found that r- red lentils didn't agree with me for a very long time whereas green lentils seem to be better, even if I had been soaking them. So, you know, you can always try with, with different lentils, whatever you find have um, kind of worked, worked best for you, something that you're not reacting to.
1: Before so, you move yeah. on, yeah. some people at this point, when they see the past, they just think, oh, that, that's, that just seems too good to be true. You know, I'm meant to be on a, on a diet that feels like it's focused on healing and, and so forth. But let me just jump in and say, hang on a second, you can totally eat pasta. So if you're able to eat white rice, right, basmati rice, it has been processed and processing going on. Um, and if that's okay, you're not far away from being able to eat pasta. And it's something that is just opens up just a, a world of happiness because it restricts you from feeling you can only have, you know, the pseudo grains and, 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 and some rice. and maybe some lentils or stuff, but to be able to feel like you've opened up that, that Italian angle, oh, it's just really uplifting. So I'd encourage anyone who's listening to this and thinking that's beyond me, just test some pasta. Test just a little bit, cook like a baby's or a child's serving, have it one night alongside your meal as a side. And if you've got no problem, wonderful, there's a huge opportunity there. So then you can have some pasta meal once a week um and it just breaks up everything the family can get involved it just opens up so much so much Definitely. more feeling and, you, and yeah you
0: do want to check uh check the ingredients but there i just found the brown rice pasta it's just 100% brown rice Um, And it obviously has just been processed into looking like like pasta. And I very early on discovered it in the first few months, I think, um, and was able to just use it. I mean, I I do remember going to a restaurant um, in London and I called them ahead of time and I just said, oh, you know, I can, so yeah, kind of a uh, no oil uh, vegan Uh, (laughs) um, medical diet. And um, what they made for me was, pasta with tomato sauce and they had just cut kind up of very thin little bits of, of butternut in there and it was absolutely gorgeous it was so so delicious um and that definitely inspired me into like into using especially butternut in a lot of recipes because we know those kind of squashes pumpkins are so so mm. good for the gut as well and now after Halloween I mean I, <laughs> I was so excited to use the uh, the pumpkins that you know we were carving Turns out those are not the best to use because they didn't stay very good, uh, but we did have a few that we kind of just like left out, you know, standing as they were, and also the kind of mini the mini ones that the kids had picked out, and yeah, they thought it was really exciting to to eat those, and pumpkin lends itself really well also to porridge, so you can just kind of puree your pumpkin with with water, and you can just pour it into your porridge because you're suddenly getting a ton of goodness in there, um. If with porridge you can actually if you want to do some hidden veg you can also do a very very finely uh grated zucchini courgette and get that into your oats um which they call zoats because it's just it's absolutely delicious it just makes it creamier and, and lovely and zucchini is mm-hmm. also very good to cook to bake with instead of oil yeah so um That's, yeah, on pasta, on the pasta uh, topic, definitely try to try it. And I think it's worth trying it with a fair bit of greens in the beginning possibly. Um, So it just helps break it down in, you know, the pasta.
1: Absolutely. All right, well, give us maybe one more and then we'll talk about how you're doing and and, uh, get some other updates from you. Yeah, sure.
0: I'll give you my absolute favourite, and this is a slightly more advanced one because it does have cashews. Yes. And uh, this is a cheesy cashew cream sauce. So this is what uh, the, the kids in my house know as carbonara. So you just make it and you use a lot of good. It's <clears throat> that's what I love about plant-based cooking. You know, you add things like nutritional yeast, which will bring some beautiful B twelve um into it and, and and all that. And and that will just give kind of like um kind of like a cheesy flavor, I find, but I do think that you need to add a little bit of lemon juice to your new, uh, nutritional yeast because that marries together really well and gets more of a, like an umami um flavor to it. So yep. Um that yeah, so you just mix this in with your pasta and then you will add whatever black beans or or um I do find green lentils to be really good um, as well. And then just lots of lots of veg, chopped up spinach. And I was going to say something else about, about that. Oh, yeah. So this sauce is also really good. Um, if you want to make an extra creamy mash. So if you're making mashed potatoes, you can add this into it and it just becomes very a very luxurious, <laughs> luxurious <laughs> mash that'll go with you know any gravies or anything that you're making. Um, I do have a mushroom gravy in here as well, which
1: is which is really delicious. That's awesome. Yeah. You touched upon a few things that we've just had in the last few days because, you know, going through Thanksgiving, my wife coming from Florida uh, does Thanksgiving no matter where we live. And so we had a mushroom gravy that she made, which was off the charts, and we had mashed potato, which all the kids love except Aiden, the four-year-old. He's not into that yet, but the other two just, like, creating all sorts of weird, wonderful vocals. And, uh, and then there was something else that you said as well as, uh, on top of that that I was going to mention on oh, the nutritional yeast. Nutritional yeast, again, if you're, if you're uh, enjoying this information, um, test nutritional yeast because if you haven't ever tested it and you're not in the first month or two of the program, then it's totally worth testing it because once you can eat nutritional yeast without problems, not just the new, the. the, the the uh, nutritional benefits, but the flavour, as you mentioned, Peter, the flavours just mean that you can add it onto all things, and it's sort of like a cheese replacement, and you can kind it of is. use it in a way that feels naughty <laughs> and you put it on different foods and be like, oh, i want more, more, more? <laughs> it's a, it's, oh, it's, it's a kids.
0: That's so, it's so funny, our kids, if I, if I give it to them and I really want them to like, come on, let's just eat the food now. I'll accidentally put a tiny bit too much. And they're like, whoa. And I'm like, oh no, I just put too much on. They're like, oh, I'm totally having this before you can take it away. <laughs> I'm like, okay, winning. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And, uh, and I was also just going to say that there are a lot of um, desserts in here as well, by the way, uh, which, you know, you'll be able to have. I had these, I think. I made these for my birthday, which was probably about four months into the paleo program, because it, you know, it's kind of, it's oat based. Um, you don't even have to put in the baking powder or the baking soda. Um, they just won't kind of rise, but it'll still be, you know, amazing because it uses like an apple sauce as the oil. It's got a bit of maple syrup and oat milk and then just, you know, raspberries and blueberries and you can use almond flour if you can't have almonds then just give that just use all, more oats so yeah you can definitely I kind of indulge <laughs> and uh here is the that's um that's coconut uh coconut yogurt on top there and this is a really yummy yummy uh, chocolate brownie and oh, this what? yeah the banana walnut bread this I'm actually using when I'm making uh birthday cakes these days so yes. in the middle, yeah, I just add like layers of of mashed banana and um, uh, what is it? I might use like either like smashed down blueberries or make it, or, or blueberry jam, you know, if we're if you're in a bit of a hurry, and then you just like uh, cover it up with uh, with coconut yogurt or whatever, whatever is available. So yeah, there you can. I think with fruit, fruit, and berries, you know, everything becomes kind of desserty anyway. So uh, yeah, there is. Does, no doesn't more back. Mm.
1: And so, Well, what, yeah. something I think that um, it's good to keep in mind here is that when we ha- when we see all this laid out on pages and see how it, de- it demystifies the cooking process and actually presents us with. A, you know, an opportunity to enhance our lives through delicious foods that doesn't feel that far away. And that's important. We don't need to, and nor should we deliberately stay on a small range of foods for a long time. You know, we need to be expanding our food base. The more plant based foods we eat, the better our diversity in our gut. This is linked to health. Absolutely. So we definitely want to be doing that. And you know, going through those pictures and seeing all the foods that we can either eat now in a slightly more uh, flavoursome and interesting way, or even see those foods that we're just out of reach for, but we might be willing to, to give it a go because we've got the allure of that wonderful meal that, that we could then eat if we could just have that one extra thing. So, Absolutely. Thank
0: you. And adding, yeah, and thank you. And and also adding, you know, leafy greens, like we said, I mean, kale and spinach are such a staple in our house, it'll be pretty much everything. Um, I mean, the kids have probably never seen a smoothie without either kale or spinach, they will think that that's one of your bases, every smoothie comes with that. So that I think that's, uh, that, that, that definitely helped me because it, it just helps break down all the foods. And in the beginning, yeah, especially, but then just trying to keep it on. I've been listening to some really interesting podcasts uh, by uh, Plant Strong. So, Rip um, yeah, Esselstyn, yeah. who's, yeah, um, Dr. Esselstyn's son. And there is also just so much interesting information um, coming from there, a lot about leafy greens. I know that his, his mom is very much about uh, all the leafy greens and how much she uses in, in her kitchen. So, yeah, it's, it's also another good source to, <laughs> to refer back to if you have any questions.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you for all that. If people want to go and get a copy of the book, highly recommend it. There's no nothing in there that you need to be careful about. If you're feeling sensitive to foods, Uh, The only thing I would say is just to reiterate something we've already gone over, there will be some foods in there that you're not maybe able to eat just yet. If that's okay, then omit them or just choose another recipe. There's a lot there. And then with time, you'll be able to eat more foods and then you'll be able to work your way through more and more uh, of the recipes in the book. It's wonderful and thank you for making it. I mean, what a great contribution. So that's awesome. (laughs) Awesome.
0: Thank you for showing me the path to yeah, to be able to make these foods because it's just everything. I think everything just kind of fell into place for me when I learned, you know, learned about the Patterson program and, and read read up more as well. I think for me it was quite important to try to um educate myself as much as I could. And there are so many podcasts, you know, all the materials and uh, Dr. Clappers and, and all of that information is so easily available and if one ever feels um i don't know you know you can sometimes lose you know lose much motivation or inspiration and then i just find that indulging you in, know i've said this before indulging yourself in in youtube videos and um and there are lovely <laughs> lovely bits on instagram as well that you know these kind of short little uh videos that they make that just show you that oh yeah actually this this is this is a good idea
1: mm-hmm. Mm. Oh so, yeah,
0: it can definitely be done.
1: Mm. How have you been? Uh, so we, uh, the fact that I haven't heard much from you in our communities tells me that you're doing great. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, just give us that. Um, remind us of the diagnosis. Remind us of um, where you got to, and then the ups and downs during and after pregnancy, and then how you are now.
0: Okay. Yeah. So my diagnosis was given to me back in 2015. It all started in 2014 with, I had a, a, a very swollen knee for many months that no one was able to, to figure out what it was. And I think it took about six months before I was referred to the rheumatology department and they said that I had a and a positive oligoarthritis, which is just a different type of inflammatory arthritis. And, um, I started the medication only six months later because I was getting married in the summer and I was quite worried about the side effects. So I was just kind of limping around, um, until then. And I was very, I got a, a very, well, I got a, I got hives all over my body when I tried those, that medication, I think I had been taking it for about two weeks. Maybe I have not seen any improvement. I had only felt, I do remember how awful it was, like a, a very metallic feeling in my body um, and in my head. And I just knew that this was, this was not <laughs> the way that I needed to be treating this situation. So, um, yeah, after two two weeks I ended up in the emergency room and I came off the medication and I was told that there was only one other medication that I would be able to take if I wanted to get pregnant because the other ones would not be safe during pregnancy. And my husband and I just got married and we, had, we were hoping to have children quite quite soon. Yeah. So instead I I did I was reading a book and where they were talking about gluten and I just thought, you know, there is nothing to to lose here. I'll just cut out gluten, dairy, and sugar. And within Two weeks. I was um, well. I didn't need any medication. My symptoms have have, have pretty much gone away completely. The rheumatologist just said, "Whatever you're doing, keep doing it." And um, yeah, I felt amazing. I was still having fish, eggs, and meat at the time, and it took me maybe a couple of months to find the Paddison program. And when I read your book, I everything just kind of fell into place. And yeah, I think because it's it tells you the whys as well, you know, why you have why why you need to do it this way. And um, so I literally from one day to the next, I just stopped with all the animal products and all the oils. I did the elimination diet. And yeah, and I, I could because I remember that I just never wanted to risk this happening to me again. And that's why why I continued my research after having done my own initial changes. And then yeah, after that, it was kind of maybe not smooth sailing but it was pretty straightforward um for me and obviously writing down all the recipes and just I remember how much I was just absolutely loving this lifestyle it's as if everything just kind of fell into into place um for me um I've always been a huge animal lover and also for that that side of things as well because you are so disconnected to where your food comes from in in our modern society really so and, um, yeah, and then in two thousand and uh, f- two thousand and sixty, so yeah, so a year after that, yeah, I felt pregnant. I had an amazing pregnancy with our son. Everything was just all the levels were you know tip top and and he was born, and he absolutely loved food when we started introducing it. It's, it's like you know, just well, the first time he tried avocado, he did cry, but then after that, he's been such a big avo avo fan that you know he'll have it. most days um and our daughter um came in 2020 so right before (laughs) right before um hit uh with her it was a slightly different pregnancy i don't know if it's because it was a girl um or whatever but i went off salads so strongly i just could not like stand stand salads for Probably took me about a year to get back on, you know, from falling pregnant when, when all this started to when I could have that again. So I think that that possibly would have contributed because your your diet is not going to be as perfect if you can't if you can't have have salads. Um, and so yeah, with her, I had some low iron levels. And I tried, they did give me um, a tablet for that. And I actually had a reaction in a finger. I could feel when a joint kind of gets really, really sore. Um, and that just completely freaked me out. So for four days, I just went on a full kind of medicine program, you know, the, the kind of initial stages um, just to, to stop that. And then I just over like overindulged almost in, uh, in leafy greens for the rest of the pregnancy and they, it just cleared up and the iron levels went went back up again
1: how about that <laughs> and so even though you didn't like the leafy greens you forced yourself there mm-hmm. that was-
0: yeah so it was more actual kind of salad salad that i couldn't have so sorry so lettuce um th- those kind of greens so any kind of raw greens but if i would if i were to cook it I was able to, hmm. to have it, if that makes sense. Right, um,
1: right. Yeah. So you did like a Popeye thing and did cook spinach sort of thing. I sure
0: did. Oh, so yeah. much. Um, and I can, It was interesting because I, um, apparently when you have low iron levels, especially during pregnancy, I would love crunching away on ice. It's this like, it's an addiction. Yeah, you can read about it. <laughs> you can look it up online. Um, so all I wanted was just to eat ice all the time. That was just very, very um, unexpected. Um, and then, um, yeah, then she came along and had a, had a home birth. I remember just mentioning it to the midwife. I just said to her that, Oh yeah, i have been considering home birth. She's like, that is excellent. I will refer you to the home birth team. And I was like, Oh, 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 okay. All right. And they were, they are so, I, I do love it here in Surrey. They're so encouraging about kind of anything natural actually in my experience so I had this amazing midwife team that just came here and they came here for the birth as well. And, um, and I did hypnobirthing, which I would just recommend anyone to do, even if you don't intend to have, you know, it, well, whatever birth you're intending to have, just a hypnobirthing is, is fantastic. Um, because it was quite a long, um, a long, um, what do you call it? Yeah. The birth was, took, took a very long time with her, um, for various reasons and hypnobirthing got me through it because I wasn't able to have any gas in there, I wasn't able to be in the pool, everything just slowed it down. So I basically had a, a birth without anything. And yeah, with a bit of hypnobirthing, it was still an amazing experience. So uh,
1: we got talking about that right. I think Melissa, my wife, she
0: I think shared, so, yeah. Yeah,
1: with you because I don't know if she has the hospital record, but my wife in the first for her first child you know, she came in the door um, and was holding the baby within 46 minutes, and she beat that with the second child in the door, and it was in the 30-something minute. But but that's nothing to be proud of because um I was actually just, we left home too late. Like that was just too oh,
0: close. Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah.
1: So we were told to stay at home until we were in an advanced stage and then to call the midwives and they would assess her breathing and have conversations with her over the phone. And then based on that, tell really where she was at in the labor.
0: Mm.
1: Um, after a few questions were answered. Um, and I was pretty blase and said, Oh, you know, they said, wait a long. And then her mother who was staying at the time said, Clint, you need to take her now. Oh, <laughs> I'm goodness. like, okay. So off we went and, uh, yeah, then it was thirty something minutes with Ariel. So yes, and Hypnobirth the yeah. whole way. I mean, Absolutely. she was textbook off that book, and yeah. I'd rehearse with her, and I'd re- memorized all the lines I needed to say, and remind her how to breathe and what to say to her. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, a very very effective, effective book. Mm.
0: It, it is. And I mean, I, I remember before the first one, I did have a, a friend, I just said, Oh yeah, I'm doing hypnobirthing. And she's like, Oh, once the contraction set in, you know, you will forget all about that. And I really didn't, I did not yeah. find that at all. I just yeah. found that you were even more in your body. Um, and you're so, yeah, because you guys gave some really, really good tips on literally just, just relax and breathe as slow down as you can. That's and that's it. Like you can write a whole book about it, but for me, that's that's what did it yeah. so uh, yeah,
1: yeah, I remember us exchanging emails about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. I came and came across those yeah. the other day and I was like, that makes <laughs> so <much sense. laughs> that makes so much sense. I'm always like, yeah, anyway. So yeah. no, that was incredible. And it was amazing to have her at home. Um we had prepared everything and um and yeah, the midwives were here and <laughs> it was very funny because we had a couple of them. They always came, I think they always came in two. And they were just sitting there kind of drinking tea at the table going, I didn't know this about plant-based cooking. Oh, my goodness, it's so delicious. And I was like, yeah, I'm just going to. Okay, yeah. So with this recipe, you literally just like you cook the potatoes and then you do, I'm just going <laughs> to. So, you know, hours of that. That that was no, very funny. I love it. I
1: love it. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. The, um, yeah. And so has there been, I don't know if we kind of, Close the loop of when you were having a, few, a sore finger during one of the pregnancies uh, related to a medication that you took. But I mean, mm-hmm. just generally what we really want to know is like, are you still doing well? Is everything still on track or have the wheels fallen off and does this thing not work?
0: Oh my goodness. It, it works. It works hundred percent. This is, this is what I live by. And I will say, you know, with kids, we are, always out and about. I love doing things. I'm always doing things with the kids. So um, from time to time, if you're absolutely starving and there's nothing, nothing to eat, except uh, we've had like these veggie straws that are not really veggie straws. They're just crisps. They've got oil in them. They're obviously vegan, but there is oil in them. So I've had things like that from time to time. And I will, I will know, I will know in my body that this just isn't the right thing to do and i did get um i actually got some some hormonal migraines after my second second one and i know that that's because from time to time i would kind of you know have have oil that i shouldn't have had and and i spoke to a plant-based um doctor over here about it and she said oh i was so surprised to see that you would have that because i know that you're you know whole food plant-based and I said, "Yeah, from time to time, there has been some oil kind of sneaking in." And she's like, "Yeah, that's then that that's it." So all I did was just, you know, sort myself out, and and now I know how to to manage that, and I can still kind of feel like it. I can I, I will know that if if I have anything anything like that right now, because they're always they're hormonal. They will come at the same time of the month. If I will have something something naughty um, at this stage, then this could kick off. It was worse right after I stopped breastfeeding her when all the hormones are kicking in. Cause I don't, I have always underestimated um, the hormones and how much they can actually affect us, but I've seen it firsthand now. So after stopping breastfeeding, um, that kicked in and it was very bad initially. And then when I understood what was happening, I was able to keep an eye on that. And uh, yeah. yeah. It's it's okay now. So it's
1: it's a cumulative thing, isn't it? So just the hormones alone, based on your equilibrium that you've established, probably no problem. But mm-hmm. hormones plus a little bit of oil creeping in from processed foods, and your body says, uh, no, nah, it's just a little bit too much. I'm going to show up some symptoms in the body. And you're like, Okay, that's my threshold. I that's know it. I know where I'm at. And, you know, we have all these influencing factors. And so at any one time, we're influencing our vitamin D, our essential fatty acids, mm. uh, ratio between omega-6 to omega-3, uh, whether or not we're physically active, the quality of our sleep, the foods we're eating, all of these things, are all all sort of this dance of balance. And, you know, this is why people think, oh, I've had some random flare. No, you haven't. It's just mm. one of the balances that you're, one of the balls that you're juggling air, yeah, you know, you, you've stopped that and things are collapsing and it's, it's a consequence of that something that's caused it. it. So well done. So great to hear that you, you know, you're, you're doing great. Thank you. You've got two kids, <laughs> you know. You've got a picturesque background for all your zoom. <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, just give me some and, uh, sunshine now and vitamin D. That would be lovely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you
1: know, and life's busy, and you, you've got so much other things on your mind. That just trying to recover. You're you're now in the process of living.
0: That's it. Uh, that's it. And I, I think you know, I, I'm I've been wanting to write this the next cookbook, which will be a family one. And I kind of put all this pressure on myself and I was trying to write down the recipes while, you know, I had had two kids to look after and, and, you know, one of them is mainly at home with me um, all the time. And I am yeah, on my own um, during the weeks, maybe, because my husband is working quite a lot. So in the end, I just realized that I I do need to kind of shelve that project for the time being and just be here and, and be here in the moment. Because yeah. that, that that just makes such a, a difference to your kind of well-being, it just your mental well-being, I think, not having if you're able to, um, just just take it a little bit easy. And then it'll just come, I think, more automatically, like the first book did. So that's my my wish is to uh, <laughs> to be able to write that um eventually. And it'll come out because the recipes are pretty much ready. Just need to kind of put it all together. So um,
1: mm. It's hard, isn't it? You know, when I I watch my friends who don't have children, and I and I speak to them on the phone and hear about what they're up to, like I'm I'm actually in disbelief at the sort of ways that they consume their time with seemingly just endless amounts of trivialities. Um, you know, oh, have you seen that movie yet? I've not been to the movies in like six years. What are you talking about? Eight? <laughs> what about? Oh, except for a kid's film we went and watched the other day. We went, we went and watched, well, I don't know what we saw, like one of those million films about food. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right, that's my inner, that and I'm still babysitting, right? I'm still with children. Um, exactly. So, Do you need to go yeah. to the
0: toilet right now? Really? Really? Yeah. Just sit down and it just, okay, that's fine. Let's go, let's go. <laughs>
1: you uh, know. That's okay, right. Yeah, so, and, and they're doing these wacky things, driving from town. Oh, I couldn't even just share this stuff with you but anyway so yeah mm. and then you have kids and you cannot even find time to use the bathroom without being in you know it's just so exactly. but anyway everyone else knows this we're not teaching them yeah. anything new at the moment <laughs> so why don't we leave it there and I just want to thank you all uh thank you once again for all that you've done and when that book next book comes out we'll get you back on and we'll do this again about the new book um and in the meantime stay healthy and 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 and, uh, keep just living
0: thank you thank you for everything again thank you
1: (laughs) thanks for listening to rheumatoid solutions if you'd like to get more help to live an easier healthier and happier life visit rheumatoidsolutions.com